grace place. I have visited here many, many times, and uh, it has always been a a blessing. Uh, You can get out your Bibles, and I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 9 or your device and uh, go there. But I just want you to to put your uh, finger there. I've been in ministry nearly 40 years. And wherever I go, I want a nugget. I'm sure a lot of you have you've grown up in church. You've heard just about every angle on a topic or a scripture. But if you're like me, I just want one nugget. And this nugget I'm going to leave you today is if you can capture this. It's the secret of satisfaction. If you can capture this, it's the secret of God's favor rested upon your life. If you can capture this, it will unlock the most inward desires you've had in your life. So I'm going to leave you that today. I, I, I do things, and I love to pick people's uh, heart. And uh, pastor don't realize this, but uh, when you come to our campus... Uh, I gave him my router number to my uh, internet. So this kind of caused Pastor to have to get close to my house. And the only setting area at, the, at, at my house was where I, me and Kathy pray on our French porch there in the Yucatan. So every day I would walk out and I would hear Pastor praying out front. And I wanted to go, and I wanted to pick his heart, not his mind, pick his heart. Because Brother Knowles would tell me the situation this house was in, or the house at the time was in when Pastor took it over. So this man has some principles I wanted to learn. This is the way I've always been. My intentions weren't to go up there and say about us and what we're doing, and this is our strategies, and this this is our formula, and this is how we're reaching the territory of of the world. My intentions, Pastor, was to pick your heart, not your brain. And I loved those five days, the five mornings we had because you started telling me. And I, and you, I don't know if you realize, but I realize you captured this too. You captured this principle I'm going to leave everybody with. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just love you and praise you. And God, I, as I'm with the people of the Grace Place, God, their hearts, their worship today the incredible passion they have in their hearts for you. It it just flows out of them. And I thank you, Lord God, for the ability just to share how we're connected together. God, let you have your way today. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to go back and tell you a story about me finding a Bible in 1977 in a shrimp boat. The picture you're about to see a few years ago, now this is, this is 41 years ago, but a few years ago I walked into a restaurant and there was the boat that I found a Bible in, a New Testament Bible, and I started reading under, I found this Bible under a bunk and I started reading about this Jesus. 
Now, how can you grow up in the United States of, of America and not this Jesus? I didn't grow up in church. And here, here this, this picture was, so I took a snapshot. I tried to buy the painting. It was in a restaurant called The Coffee Cup, and I, I, I took a picture, and I said, what would you give me? I, I want to buy it. They would not sell me the picture. But it's the Bahia lady. You see, I grew up in a home in the United States in a very successful family. I know there, I'm sure in every community there's just neighborhoods you, you drive through and they're huge homes over 5,000 square feet or plus, and you, you, you think to yourself, boy, those, those people got it together. Well, I grew up in one of those houses, in a successful man's house, but, oh, my father's and my mother's moral compasses were way off. And there was domestic violence that nobody know about, knew about and, and all kinds of turmoil. But I didn't know this Jesus. And my dad ran for Congress when Jimmy Carter was running, running for president. And he was on the Democratic Party. And it looked like dad was going to, it was in a Republican district, but it looked like dad was going to run a, 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 ride that wave in. And, and uh, he didn't. He lost the night before the, 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 uh, the uh, API called, and they said, it looks like you won. We had a celebration, went to bed that night. He was going to buy me a, he was going to buy me a brand new Corvette. He said, we're going to go out and get you a Corvette. Here I, here I am. Went to bed thinking like that, woke up in the morning. He lost just by 108 votes, but he spent thousands and thousands of his own money. My father would spend his, his uh, winters uh, about a month to, to six weeks because it was cold north where we lived in the Midwest. And he would, he would spend his summers there, I mean winters there. And, and so he had this idea to go to Florida and buy his son a shrimp boat. And he had a get-rich plan and he left me with about $15,000. You don't leave a 19-year-old with $15,000, I'll tell you right, right now. And I met some pretty girls, and I thought they liked me. And the next thing you know, I'm living on that boat outside, outside the water up on dry land and trying to figure out a way to get that boat back in the water. And then underneath the bunk that I was living in, I found a Bible. A New Testament Bible, and the book of Matthew captured my heart because I got to this Jesus, and a motley crowd, uh, a crew, followed him. It was th- th- these people were misfits like me. You ever thought you were you were a misfit? I'm still a misfit, and there were misfits like me. And I I discovered this, and I I started reading about this Jesus, and I started praying to this Jesus. And where the boat was out of the water, they opened up this, like, beach bar. And I was back then, oh, this right here was right here. Yeah, yeah, believe it or not, it was right there. I don't know how it gets, got misplaced, but, uh, but, uh, uh, but what happened was that they came to me and said, listen, you want to you wanna get your boat back in the water? Why don't you come here? Because it was in cowboy country at the time. You ever been around cowboys? Four-wheel drive trucks. That's what Central Florida was like then. And all these 
four-wheel drive trucks were coming in and just just tearing up the place and and so I went in there and man I had a big black eye about this bad so I this brunette walked in and she grew up in a legalistic home and this legalistic home was was uh so legalistic you couldn't go to movies you had to wear a dress all the time you couldn't cut your hair you couldn't wear jewelry and so if you sneak and go to a movie you've sinned you've this is how you understand your heavenly father by your earthly father and at that time the the pastor never had children and and this brunette was in a little bit of rebellion and her 14 year old sister and they went to the they went to uh, the pastor, the parents did, and they said, well, you, you're in leadership. You're, your home's got to be in order. So they took their suitcases and put their clothing in it and took it out by the road and said, our house has to be in order. So by the time that little brunette walked, she'd been two years on the streets and trying to survive. And that brunette right there, Stand up right there. That's my wife, Kathy. We met 39 years ago. So God, God had a good idea. He said, listen, he's found me. But in the book of Galatia, Galatians, it, it shows that, uh, uh, that we need to have some laws of liberty. Like we live in the United States, but we don't have the liberty to, while we're going to the restaurant today to run every red light because there's laws to maintain liberty. And so he put us together. Man, I was passionate, but my father's life went the other way. And 15 years later, in 1993, we find ourselves in ministry, and we were pioneering a little church, and we were so green, and we were working so hard, and and we had about 50 people, and a little uh, letter came in about a missionary, but the girl that they mentored in the land of the Mayans the little girl that they mentored, they sent to a Bible school in Tijuana on the border. And, and suddenly they, they hadn't heard from her for three years. And suddenly the, the Lord says, I, I want you to go find her. And it wouldn't go away. It wouldn't go away. And, and finally I said, Lord, if you want me to go, you're going to have to show me. And I went out and got the mail that very day. And a single mother that was an Aryan had left the church a year and hadn't found a church, and she sent me her tithe of $1,700 and says, Pastor Bill, we hadn't found a church. Would you just use this where you want it? And that don't happen, does it, Pastor, often? And I said, Lord, you must want me to do this. So what happened was we went down there and we found the girl, and then I kept having this impulsive desire to go back impulsive desire to go back. I can't, and it wouldn't leave me alone. So in 2007, we found a piece of property, and it was a miracle price, and there's a lot more details in it, but, but we found it for $7,000. I thought they said 70000 and I said, no gracious, and, 
And my director that's now been with me 25 years said, said, Pastor Bill, do you know that they didn't say 70,000? They said 7,000. I said, oh, it's 2007. That's my faith level. And I said, let's go look at it. And we bought it. And I kept having this impulsive desire. In 2007, 10 years later, we, 2017, we finished it. And we have this beautiful, and we believe this is why God stationed us there. See, it's about establishing territory. And once you establish territory, you have to hold the territory. So God gave us that place. It's a beautiful place. And I was reading this week about David when he came along and saw the giant And when he went to Saul and the leaders and his brothers of Israel, there's a word that he used in Hebrew. Some of the translations are, let me speak, like the NIV says. But he uses this word in the King James Version. Is there not a cause in Israel? And another name for that word caused in Hebrew is this will end today. There's power in that. What situation are you in that you need to say this ends today? I believe God is expanding your stakes It's expanding your authority from this house to go into different lands and different locations and says, this ends today. Now, I've got a picture of a little red area of the Yucatan, and this is where we're stationed. And let me tell you a little bit about this area. You see that red area? All them little lines in that in that tannish area, the light tannish area is the state of the Yucatan, the land of the Mayans. And that red area is the state that God has given us. Last year, we had the government of Mexico. We're located in a city called T.C. Mean. Now, this, a state is governed a little different than the United States. The mayor is called the governor, and he governs this whole territory, all the villages in that red area there. He's the governor of it. We had a representative come to us and said, you're making such an impact on our culture that here is the representative to the evangelical churches of our area. And we are going to get you to take these programs at the Grace Place into every village and every church. Because we believe you're such a solution to this situation. See, we're always talking about the wall, but what can we do beyond the wall? What can we do to young people over on the other side? What can we do to communities over on the other side? See, that's God's heart. I'm going to give you some stats right now. And, you, and I really feel that you need to get a hold of this. I'm going to give you some stats. How, you, how 
you can live in the top 15% of the world. 85% of the world doesn't have this. Number one, if you have access to three meals a day, no problem. I know all my life, it's apparent. I haven't had any problem with access to three meals a day. Number two, if you have adequate shelter. Now, it might not be any better than the garage or your shed out back. I should say more like the shed out back. But if you have adequate, dry, safe shelter. So, number one, if you have access to three meals a day. Number two, if you have adequate, safe shelter for your family. And number three, if you have a source of income, you live in the top 15% of the world. 85% of the world does not have that. Oh, you think, how could that be? I want you to just really picture in your mind China. And we hear so much about China and how well China's doing. Let me tell you something. Only about 250 million people in China live like Westerners. But China, they say, has a population of 1 billion with a B. 1 billion with a B. 1 billion, 300 million people. Now, that's what you can Google. But if you do a little deeper research, they're underestimating their population. Most, most people feel, experts feel in the Western world, that they have 1,450,000,000 people. Now, if you were Coca-Cola, and you, you've got every person in China to buy a Coca-Cola... And at the end of the year, you made a U.S. dollar off of every, uh, every person in China. What would you make? At least one billion, if you were Coca-Cola, $350 million. One billion with a B. So over one billion with a B live and do not have those access to those three things I told you about. Now, it goes further than this. If you have access, no problem, about three meals a day. If you have adequate shelter, a job or a source of income, and a car. If you have a car, you live in the top 5% of the world. Top 5, uh, 5%, 95% of the people on the planet do not have those four things. Just picture in your mind. Let's go through the 1040 window. Let's go through China. A billion people don't have access to that. Let's go to India, Pakistan. Let's go through that part. A billion people does not have access to those four things. Let's go into Africa. Close to a billion people do not have access to those four things. So we got to understand what we're doing. And we've got to understand how good God has made it for us. 
But with that comes responsibility. So I want to tell you about Grace Place of the Yucatan. I want to tell you about this house and what you're doing. About a year ago, God had us go out and buy a piece of property. Because God gave us a, a strategy for this piece of property. And God gave us a strategy how to build it. But how were we going to build it? And your leadership, you heard about it. So we started on this location. That's a, ca- a picture of Kathy and I. And as it went on, it, it became beautiful. And even when it was just a canopy, we were having all kinds of events there. It's our, our place. Uh, 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 it's our territory that we've took. And then on it, some people came along, and there's a picture there. It's called the Zach's Court. And uh, 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 they said, we need a ball court. So we started the ball court, and right now we're developing a rescue house for hurting children. A rescue house. This is our plan every year. We've had it every year, and this is our plan at Grace Place. Every year we have four major conferences. One for leadership, one for marriages, one for singles, one for youth. We, we started, we, God said, how are we going to reach these people and how we're going to connect with them? And one day I was in a Dollar Tree store back in the States and, and, and uh, I walked up to the, to, the, to the readers and God says, there's your tool. There's your tool. Last year, we ha- I haven't asked for the count this year, but in 2017, we had over 850 decisions for Jesus Christ. Can you say praise God? And what we do with like young people and, and, uh, and intergenerational groups that come from churches, we'll sit up tables and we'll just have you come. And we were, used to have eye, ch- eye uh, charts and and then we said, no, no, no. Well, it was a doctor there, an eye doctor says, no, no, don't use them because we have a whole track that says, we're giving you physical sight today. And it has a picture of Kathy and I because we're always branded. That's why they knew who we were everywhere we go because all, we're all over, all over the city. They're, wherever we do, we're branding DCI, that logo. We're branding that. And, and, uh, and, uh, but... The eye doctor says we have the Romans road and uh, Ephesians 2.8. It says you're saved by faith and not by, you know, works or not by sacraments. And we have all that explained and on the track that we give. And then we write down the prescription. And then tonight you can get your glasses at First Church over here, just two blocks away. A little map to the church and we'll have an extra gift for you and we'll have some food for them and See, it gets them comfortable about walking in the church. 850 pairs because we have a strategy. One of the other strategies we have, and we, we, uh, we uh, started a program called 50 Strong because God told me to take 50 young people, like you incredible young people, down there and speak into them and mentor them. Well, that's grown now to over 300 young people. And they're coming to the the base. They're coming to Grace Place, and God is moving upon them. And we just recently, our last uh, uh, conference was called Awake Me. And, man, they came, and they were like, 
they were like bees that got pollen and they were going back to their villages all on fire for Jesus. And they got t-shirts that come and says, I am one of 50. But now it's grown over. I don't know how we're going to rename that, but they feel proud. I am one of them. I am one of the chosen. We tell them who they are. And then another thing we do is we our VBS has grown in at over 450 children, and they all get T-shirts. So in the last two years, we've got out over 1,000 T-shirts, and plus with the 50 strong, 1,500 T-shirts in a city of 60,000. So we have all these T-shirts going into the schools that we're not allowed to preach the gospel in, and all this stuff going on. And on the back it says, I will serve the Lord for the rest of my life. And See, that's brandy, and they're seeing that brandy. And people are going, what's D.C.? Oh, we, it's, it's just a couple here in, here in the, the city. Well, tell me about it. And what's happened is uh, I'll, I'll hold a rally. And, it, you, know, you know, Billy Graham, why didn't people just get saved before they went to Billy Graham? He just had a reputation. Billy Graham's coming to town. I think I'll go and get saved. And, and that's what's happened after 25 years. Bill Craver, this guy you would never, never, never pick, comes into town or into a village. And they said, we heard about him. We, we got one of his tracks during this outreach, and I'm going to go. And, and they come, and they, you know, I could preach why frogs are green, Pastor. And give him an invitation, and they just come up and accept Jesus Christ. Accept Jesus Christ. Got us moving, but has everything just been better roses? No. No. Just really a church that we helped to build. I met this pastor, Pastor Fernando. I met him in 2009. He, he's a nurse. He's an RN, but he came, traveled to the city, two and a half hours from the capital called Meredith. He came to the city, and we've been working with him and built a beautiful facility One day when he was at the hospital and had a good congregation and an evil family came. and There were a lot of details in it and destroyed the church. I can tell you stories where we went out there and they're shaking. Shaking. He said, it's over. It's okay. It's okay. After six months later, we believe that God has repositioned him. God has opened up a beautiful piece of property and the, where there is no church. He was on the outskirts of town and without transportation, it was hard. And God is making what was meant for harm good. We've already raised half the money, $15,000. We're wrestling right now about how getting all these kids from the villages, how all these teenagers and all these people's people in to our conferences and our workshops. No, it's not easy. But let me tell you something. I'm going to finish here and I'll finish with this. Turn back to Matthew 9, 36. I met Mark Knowles and Sandy Knowles. I was so green. Like Pastor Chris, I was just a youth pastor. Not just, but I was 
<laughs> I'm sorry about that. That didn't come out quite right. <laughs> but I, I was a youth pastor there and worked with the children there in a little small church in, in Claremont near Tampa, Florida. And, and uh, But I, I was, when I said just, I, was, I, I didn't even need to be in this business. I didn't know anything. And I started watching people. Like I watched your pastor and picked his heart. And I met some people, and I would say, I, 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 I want to see people, but something's over them. I would meet people, and I, I remember Shirley and Leonard Peterson. I met them, and something was over them. I wanted to, what, what's, what, it seems like favor follows their life. And I would pick their heart, and, and I would pick uh, uh, other people's hearts. And then Mark and Sandy came along, and, and I would pick their heart when I was around them. And this is what. I found Matthew 9:36 says but when he saw but when Jesus saw the multitudes he was moved everybody say it with me he was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd You know what you got to capture? It's not the Lord capturing your heart when you're worshiping. Yeah, that's that's true, and that's, that's a concept. But you need to capture His heart. You need to capture His heart. The other day we had some big, strong, grizzly guys, and they were going to come and put a metal roof. Uh, 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 on a building, and they were coming, and they were working. But that night, they said, hey, what else can we do? And I said, could you bring food out to this family? Her name was Esther. And I said, bring food out to Esther. And they went out there, and they came back, and they were literally shaken. Kathy can tell you, big guy, big, strong Greg was his name. And there's a... He was the leader, and I said, what's wrong, Greg? What? They didn't even want supper. I said, what's wrong? He goes, I've seen how they lived. I've seen how they lived. And I went out there, and they seen all this, this uh, skin conditions on the children. And I, I looked, and I said, you know what? I've seen it before. All night long, these children are sleeping. Mosquitoes and insects are feeding off of them all night. They said, let's go get them some mosquito tents. I said, no, 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 it's already 100, 105 inside that, inside that room. If you put that on, it'll be, it'll be even extremely hot. They can't do that. I said, the only solution, and when I talk about a window, it's just an opening. I said, let's get screens. And they went out, and I could barely get them to put the metal roof back on the building because they went out and found another home without screens and another home without screens and would build a screen door and and uh let me tell you something when you make it possible to little see a little children child that's sitting there all night been fed on by insects it moves god's heart See, what I tell people down when they come on the mission field and when they see the, how 85% of the world lives 
And when they go into conditions like that, I come back and I tell them right out. See, God sees the big picture. Because he's God. He sees the big picture. I said, there's mothers all over the world. There's a mother right now in Ethiopia holding a child. She knows today she can't produce enough milk. Yes, UNICEF, yes, the United Nations, yes, they've, they've sent oodles of powdered milk and cereals and everything in, but the warlords get it. She's she going to look at that baby today. And that baby's going to die. That's God's heart. And just like Adam in the garden, he's given the church, he's given us, his children, responsibility to take care of the needs of the world. So what happens? I'm going to end with a positive note. When a place like Grace Place says, you don't even realize what's happening. And we can be here till the sun sets on stories of what's happening through your giving. Through your giving. Through your giving. And when God sees that, that captures his heart. He says, bless them. You'll be the most satisfied person in this room. Amen. Let's give God praise. Would you all stand with me? Let me close. Yeah, the musicians could come, and I'm going to get Pastor come one moment, but I just want to declare that one thing over you. One thing over you. One thing over you. When Jesus sent out his disciples, he gave them authority. I remember when I was ordained, they said, now you have authority to pronounce a man and a woman husband and wife. You have this authority now. You have this authority. The same word is used when David left the ark in Oven Edens. And, you know, the carrots were like the size of ball bats and watermelons were the size of, you know, big balloons. And, and he had to go get back the ark because the anointing was there, the authority was there. But he told the disciples, whoever takes care of you as missionaries, I give the authority to declare a blessing over their home. And just like where the ark was left, a blessing came upon that house. I'm going to declare a blessing over you. Because you, Grace Place, have captured Christ's heart. Would you bow your head? Heavenly Father, as missionaries, we declare a blessing over this house. The people here, the leadership here, the pastor here has a heart for what we're doing. They know what, what, what's happening. But God, I hope I, could, I hope I just give a glimpse of what's happening through their partnership at Grace Place, Yucatan. So I declare a blessing over them that will follow them materially. God, that will... I pray a blessing that the areas in their family that need to be doors that need to be closed upon their family and their extended family be closed and doors would be open. I declare favor and blessings and your goodness over their health situations. 
you'll unlock healing. You'll un, un, unlock opportunity in their businesses and their careers. It would flow in this house because of their faithfulness. We love you. We praise you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.